0: Hey everyone, John and Andrew here.
1: Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, reconnecting the divine union.
0: The magic of nature.
1: And going down the witch path.
0: This is Obstacle Course. Here we go. Is it like witch path? Like you have to make a decision? Or is it actually... The witch witch
1: path. W-I-T-C-H, which So,
0: yeah. We had a guest who, who said she's going to go down the witch path.
1: She's beginning to go down the witch path already, even.
0: as Yeah, as as the discussion's going. So, um, that was new. That was a new one that we we didn't let it pass us by. No, we weren't prepared for it. We didn't know it was going to happen. And and right now, we're just dealing with the stereotypes that exist around that word.
1: Yeah, we, we did discuss that and, and the negative connotation of witches, which led us to the um, reality that witchcraft isn't about like casting spells um <laughs> thankfully but, yeah and and uh large kettles um <laughs> no it's actually it's it's about having a a connection with the natural world yes that um our guest made a, a brilliant point about how in civilizing the world we basically went around destroying our connections with nature yeah and and destroying people who had a deep connection with nature
0: absolutely i mean you hear the word witch i think of wizard of oz mm-hmm. and that terrified me as a kid and yeah. it's such a caricature and so i i just love how it's going back to like the witch path is, is literally going back to like andrew said that reconnection to the magic that's in nature and that's that's the magic and the magic is not something that's like otherworldly yeah. as we talked about we always think it's it's like something out, out of nowhere it's it's connecting to the magic that exists in nature yeah um on it on in our reality and and on a daily basis
1: yeah totally and the fact that she described quantum physics as explaining the nature that exists around us was like uh, i was uh, just a mind-blowing explanation um and and makes me a want to learn more about quantum physics and b think that quantum physics maybe isn't actually all that complicated maybe it'll just act, make connections that that were already out there
0: but yeah that that is magic is, is quantum physics and so it's like science is learning that you know the reality of magic um but you know something she said that we both really connected to i think uh, emotionally even was was um was how uh, moving forward we need to take the feminine en- energy and, mm-hmm. and 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 the um the masculine energy and and for them to come together mm-hmm. um in in a divine union
1: yeah that was the divine union
0: and and, and I, I love that image and you know that begins yes we need to do that as a society and, and, and on the planet but that begins in ourselves mm-hmm. so Andrew I thought maybe as men you know yep. you're a you're a mid 30s man I'm a mid 40s man and um you know there's stereotypes even with that and 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 I'm just wondering do you feel like you currently um, have a good balance of that in your life with the feminine and the masculine, and what's that look like? Just just a small little yeah. So fun <laughs> question in the intro. First reaction
1: <laughs> is I have no idea, and I've never once thought about my own union of feminine and masculinity.
0: And you're the poorer for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> um, but I think it's important to consider for for those of us who are like, no, I'm a man. Yeah or or vice versa um we we are the product of our two parents uh, just in terms of dna so like we're we're 50% our mothers and 50% our fathers yeah so sure. we have a, a you know a, a lot of the other gender within ourselves yeah so i think it, in terms of how those two things play out i i do think that it has been uh, part of my own um evolution or uh I wouldn't say transformation because I don't think I have transformed from anything into anything, but the part of the process of growth is recognizing those things that are maybe more feminine characteristics, like being comfortable with emotions and expressing them. Um, maybe even getting back to mother earth and, uh, and recognizing and appreciating and experiencing natural, um, the natural world. I think those are, are maybe more of the feminine characteristics that, um, that I have become more in touch with as, as I have grown up to this point.
0: Yeah. And even these are generalities, right? Cause, mm-hmm. cause we're assuming that all women are in touch with their emotions and, and more emotional than all, than men. And that's just simply not the case. There's, there's, there's examples in both, both sexes where people are people. I mean, that, that's the mm-hmm. bottom line. And, but, but even I have bought into that because I think by nature and, and, and you know, if you've listened to all our episodes, you'll know that I, I tend to be more emotional, you know, and you know, Andrew and I, you know, Andrew, you know, friendly, you know, bugs me a little bit about. Oh, and John cried again. And John cried. And and that and that's. And I think typically that's that's like you know in the realm of like oh that's that's something that you know women do more than men. They cry during movies or they get more emotional or more sensitive. And and I don't think that's the case. I think it's just these are two energies that exist, two parts of ourselves. And, and when we can be okay, and like Christy said, dance with whatever we're feeling, then we realize we become more of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we're running away and we're only wanting to like be, you know, I'm just thinking of this right now, actually, when we're only connecting to our masculine selves, if we're men, we're missing half of ourselves. I mean, I mean, we're, we're, we're walking around a partial self. Mm Mm-hmm. And so learning to like be okay with say, you know, it's even difficult for me sometimes cry openly in front of my, my, my girls while watching a movie. I feel like I can't do that. Like, I feel like I'm stifling cry That's such a simple example, but, but allowing, allowing yourself open to those experiences and to show that side of yourself and not be worried about people being like, oh my gosh, or yeah. just man up. Like we say that terrible phrase, man up. What's yeah. that, what's that even mean? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: It means uh, stifle emotions. Yeah. I think is what, yeah. it, what it generally means.
0: It's a terrible phrase. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: I will admit that I uh, I shed a couple of tears in the opening of the NFL draft. <laughs> and no, no word of a lie. Um,
0: which is, but that's is, combining both. So it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Because you cried at football. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there, there was a very heart wrenching segment narrated by one the one and only peyton manning oh wow. um at at the beginning and it, and it was more about the state of the world right now and and yeah obviously there's a lot of grief happening all around us and i think if we don't allow ourselves to grieve even just the pandemic if we're stifling all that emotion um it's going to affect us quite negatively
0: absolutely and, and so so maybe we can re Maybe we can re-identify or reuse that "man up" phrase, and just say next time you hear someone say "man up," um, what they're actually saying is "get in touch with your entire self." Um, you know, so maybe we can say "human up." We're gonna need to work on that. Yeah, that does not have a ring to it. Let's. But, uh, but maybe we just stop using the "man up" phrase then.
1: Yeah, let's ditch the "man up" and aspire to the divine union.
0: The divine, yeah, that's much more poetic. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that. All right
1: enjoy this episode our our lovely guest today is christy greenwood she is a healing artist who nourishes magnificence in people through energy work transformational body work and rewilding dance journeys with plants
0: it was a wild episode and and what a beautiful conversation you'll enjoy this one folks
1: let's get rolling here welcome Christy Greenwood to Obstacle Course. We're, we're thrilled to have you on. And uh, we appreciate you making the time to be here today.
2: Thanks for the invite. I'm honored to be invited.
0: Christy, if you look at our shirts, you'll notice that I'm wearing a shirt full of mountains. And Andrew oh. is
2: wearing a shirt full of
0: what we're calling floral
2: Oh. And so we're,
0: we're bringing nature to the discussion and to the podcast because we know that's important to you. And also, <laughs> these shirts were a good deal. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is important to us. So,
2: thanks for that side note. Yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah. Important <laughs> context builder.
2: I got wolf earrings here. <laughs>
1: Are
0: those right. wolf?
2: Yeah. Oh, I wolf love wolves.
0: I love wolves. Those are nice. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. We are just maxed out, decked out with our attire today. Yeah, Ready for this discussion? <laughs>
1: I wish one of us was wearing one of those howling wolf sweaters that oh, were. Yeah. that used to be a popular and, and have returned to popularity, I believe, in, right. in the thrift shop yes. community. Um, but this How is,
2: could they ever not be popular? <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. yeah.
0: People love wolves.
1: Yeah, especially if there's a moon involved. It, yeah. Sweaters <laughs> don't get wrong. any better. Um <laughs> Which is exactly what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. Clothing and wolves, featuring nature. Um, <laughs> no, we're not at all. We're, what we're talking we're talking about you, Christy, and uh, where where we were planning on starting um, was it, in the spirit of connection. And we know that you are are deeply connected to dance, and we just thought um, we would invite you to explore and share a, a, a recent time when when you felt that connection with dance and, um, and really, uh, dug into it and, and found, um, wisdom or, or clarity or, or mm. positivity. healing, healing. Great.
2: Mm. You know, I feel that every time I dance, I experience all those things. Generally, I find that dance helps to unwind knots in my psyche Hmm. And it helps to take everything that's going on you know in the head and pour I pour it through the rest of the body. so there's more space for it to be expressed, to be moved, digested so I can harness the nutrients of my life and let go of what needs to go. So I find dance helps me to digest life essentially. Hmm. Well and, and I, lo- yeah.
0: I love how you said knots in your psyche.
2: Hmm.
0: because often it's knots in our stomach. And then you talked about digesting and it's just like you just made a connection there between like mm. the, the physical sensation in our stomach, um, but, but ultimately stem from the psychological or um, knots, I guess. That's, that's interesting. Totally. Huh. Did, and did, it's
2: so connected, you know? Yeah, I
0: just, I just made that connection. Yeah. yeah. And did, did your stomach rumble while you were making
1: that connection? <laughs> I I... See, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. That's psychological uh... knots. I love it. Yeah, that's holistic. Yeah. Um, so going back in, into your story, Christy, how did you, um, learn about this, the power of dance? Where, where did you first encounter it? As, have you always been someone who just was on the dance floor or dancing in the living room? Um, is, or did you discover that a, as a part of your own journey?
2: You know, I feel like I don't remember when I started because I've always been dancing. Mm -hmm. you know close my bedroom door and you know going for it in my pajamas as a young girl (laughs) Um, so i feel like i've always been in a sort of rewilding dance which is a term that has come through in the last few years and what i'm facilitating and i recognize i've always been doing that and you know i went into ballet and jazz and all these things but i always felt like i wasn't wanting someone to tell me how to move Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know i wanted my body kind of like yoga that comes from within this dance that wants to come forward, you know, from the soul. Yeah. Mm.
0: I, I yeah, love it. So that. I've
2: been dancing my whole life, making mixtapes my whole life. So part of, <laughs> you know, now I'm making playlists and it's similar, you know, it's like, check out this song and it's like I've been doing that forever. So it's just more of that.
1: Do you recall any of the names of the mixtapes that you created? <laughs> because I oh I think gosh. that was like that was a big part of the mixtape itself was, you know, you had your cassette yeah. and then and there was the little label on it and you yeah. got to like name it like
0: Bodacious Jams or something yeah. like that. Or, right. And yeah. that was probably a Peter Cetera song. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea who that is. That's a theme song from Karate Kid, man.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. Oh, I thought that was on every mixtape. Apparently I just <laughs> dated myself, but yeah.
2: I'll have to check out that song.
0: No, don't. It's terrible. <laughs> Or Richard Marks? Is that another one? Oh I don't know. Or
2: Richard Marks, eh? I remember him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are all eighties songs, man. Anyways, yeah, yeah so mixtapes. Yeah. In terms of
1: how, how dance continued, a, a lot of people, you know, have that image of of dancing in their in their bedroom, dancing as a child, but then dance exits their life. And yeah. for you it it has remained. And I, I wonder why that might be or um Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, 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 was that a conscious choice or, or how did that continue to show up when, when for many it, it is more of a childhood playful type thing?
2: Mm. Or for some people, it's just they drink a lot of alcohol and then they feel <laughs> like they have a little bit of space to move in different ways, right. you know, out, yeah. out on the town. Um, I, I, dove, I dove into the rave scene in Winnipeg, you know, when I was 19 and that really opened up my eyes to different kinds of music you know, dancing for long periods and exploring different states of, you know, what dance can offer. And then went into, you know, studying yoga, taught yoga. And I was feeling like I wanted a little bit more space. You know, I love the yoga, the, the structure, but I wanted to break from the structure, break from the box of yoga. And I was speaking with a friend who told me about kundalini dance and how transformational it was. So I actually went on that journey studied kundalini dance with Leola antara and i was pretty much uh, massive uh sort of shamanic initiations on a dance floor you know on these dance floors when we set them up we're tuning into the very core of the earth tuning into the sun and the four directions creating an energetic container for deep transformation and you know we would dance for six hours a day wow like two hours two hours two hours breaking and eating and all that and that was completely life-changing
1: and when so, you say dance are these um are these choreographed or, or is it more just like natural body movements um is there a specific type of music that you're you're listening to I'm, I'm curious about the the exact type of dance because obviously dance is a, a term that covers a lot of different um different areas and the
0: only one we know is the Macarena <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy to share with you then. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, um, well, these these are, you know, the, we're, we're looking at tools that have been used in ancient Egypt when we're working with kundalini dance, for example. We're breathing up earth energy and breathing that into the body to activate and nourish. And it's almost like using that earth energy as fuel to move the body. So there's no choreography. There's a lot of breath work. There's a lot of also sounding out. It's like working with wild movements, wild sound, you know, when we're, this is why I've turned it into rewilding dance. I studied Kundalini dance and it went into rewilding dance, um, for my, my personal expression of it. Um, because when we look at the wild, you know, the wild is like the roaring lion, but it's also the tiny, tiniest little precious flower that has this perfect geometry in the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, the range of wild is so incredible. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, well, that's a whole other topic when we go into the rewilding portion of dance. But when we're looking at, you know, these uh, transformational dance journeys, um, well, and I work with plants as well, inviting plant energies in to see how our body wants to move in response to these plant energies. Um, sometimes that means just laying on the ground. Sometimes it means you're just moving your finger. Sometimes it's full body shaking. it's really an opportunity to liberate mm-hmm. and that means taking time, going slow, you know starting with meditation, and really listening to what is the body saying and how does the body want to be moved rather than how does the mind want to move the body right. you know which yoga yeah. is like, okay the, I'm telling my body what to do, bring it into shapes and here is an opportunity for the intelligence of the body to be expressed you know and, and it's ama- it's amazing how many different ways the body can move and we're working with the earth energy and we're working with the sky energy this rising feminine current and the descending masculine current so we're working with balancing the masculine and feminine energies within the body within the chakras within all of the cells to activate purify cleanse and enliven the body and the energetic bodies hmm. and so in that process So many emotions come to the surface because emotions are held in the body, right? Like the diaphragm, for example, when we have a traumatic experience, it takes these emotions and moves them through the intestines to be processed and released. Or if it's too much in the moment, these emotions are flung out into different parts of the body for later processing. So you'll know sometimes you can all, all of a sudden have a cry of something that happened so long ago, but where was that emotion held in the body somewhere? So when we unlock the body and start to move these places where stagnancy has taking place, it's incredible what can rise up, including um, uh, many gifts, you know, not just the difficult emotions, but, Oh, there's a part of, there's a gift inside of me that hasn't been expressed because I've been so stagnant. Mm-hmm. When we move in different ways, we rewild our minds too.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And what, what it said to me is, first of all, full disclosure, I, I've never been a dancer. I'm a terrible dancer. Um, maybe that's why I have so many uh, psychological knots <laughs> 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 because I, I'm so rigid. Um, and, and I just, I, I thought of the word rigid. And I thought, you know, as somebody becomes familiar with dance, they're going to become less rigid. And, and, yeah. I, th- and I thought about, um, it's almost sounded like a moving meditation. You exactly. know, where in meditation, you know, the goal isn't to like control the experience, but to be part of the experience, to form with the experience and, and sit with um, whatever arises. And so, so hearing, hearing how you describe the dance, it's almost like, you know, when we said, is it choreographed? I mean, after describing that, it's like, well, that would, that would, that would take away from the point, you know, the yeah. point is, is to be in the moment and, and move to, whatever, whatever is arising instead of like forming our experience and then moving to what we've already planned, which is like a metaphor for life, right? We, totally. have, we all love to do that. So it's really the dance of life is, is kind of what I hear you really pointing towards.
2: Yeah, um, that's exactly it. And that's often how I speak to it as a moving meditation,
0: hmm. you know,
2: and at the beginning of a dance journey, I will say to people, you know, we're here to be with whatever is real for us. You know, a lot of people are afraid to dance. Mm hmm why is that why are we afraid what are we afraid
3: yeah
2: yeah and understandably or afraid of what could open up if we open if we express ourselves what happens if we open Mm. our arms up wide and like sing you know i often can get into rigid spaces too and i avoid dance you know we all go into these places of remembering and forgetting our tools yeah but at the beginning
1: go ahead
2: but at the beginning of a dance journey, I'll often speak to the fear because sometimes it'll be someone who's just coming or they have this idea that they're a terrible dancer. But in this space, there's no such thing as a terrible dancer. It's just about showing up and being who you are. And even maybe it does mean, oh, I, the story, I have a terrible, I'm a terrible dancer. How does that story dance?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I'm afraid of dancing. How does my body respond to that concept? You know? Yeah. So I will often say, you know, maybe you'll feel awkward. Or even maybe what I'm offering, you're not into it or you don't like a song or, you know, it's all about being real with whatever is there. You know, sometimes I'll feel completely awkward or, you know, oh, I don't, I'm not enjoying myself. It's not all about, it's not ecstatic dance, actually. It's about dancing with whatever is real without the masks that we put on for others or ourselves to deny what's really at the core of who we are.
1: Hmm. yeah very very poetic and brilliant um points and images you're making here christy i I really appreciate them and i i want to um there's a there's a lot to unpack and and the whole rigidity versus um fluidity fluidity yeah yeah great that's that's a huge topic but i do want to um touch on john's dancing briefly because (laughs) um (laughs) Please do. So when we when we went to um, when we went to a Tony Robbins oh event, my God. this is probably about a year and a half ago, maybe even a little bit more than that. When we first yeah. met, yeah, it was we we didn't know each other super well, um, but we went to this big event in Vancouver, uh, stayed the night. It was a great time. Um, but as part of Tony Robbins events, like you are not even encouraged; like you are mandated <laughs> to stand up and dance like a crazy person you are yeah. and uh, <laughs> that's awesome and i i could sense the rigidity in john <laughs> and, and also felt it in myself um because we just you're just not really comfortable but yeah what we found and uh and for one i found that john's not a terrible dancer as, as soon as he loses the rigidity and doesn't really worry about um how he looks or and and the same for me um it, it, and that's such a huge part of it is is that you stop worrying about you know exterior For perceptions sure. or you know do I look right Am I on rhythm Whatever, um, but it's it's about losing that self consciousness and and I was I'm really glad we went into this because I was actually going to ask you about how you encourage people to to be less self conscious and um, when you're at a retreat or or somewhere where people are strangers and. Um, and there's dancing involved so uh, part of it is how how you um, encourage people to lose that sense of self-consciousness but also just the word self-consciousness is is a bit of a a loaded word because um, it's it's very similar to like awareness which is which we want to build awareness and and be more um, conscious of of what's happening in our in our minds and bodies but also self-consciousness is is somehow a, a bit of a negative thing and, and something that we want to avoid being self-conscious so um i thought i'll just i'll just lob that out to you there christy it, you can just start with um, maybe some methods of of how you um encourage people to be themselves and, and be a little more loose
2: sure you know well i feel like one of the things that i would first mention is that the goal isn't to let go of self-consciousness because if it's if that's what's there that's what's wanting to be danced with you know that's beautiful if that does shift but there's, it's really about, okay, I'm feeling self-conscious right now, how, how, you know, and how does my body feel, and how does my body want to move in response to that awareness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's rigidity, it's about, I feel rigid, so that's the starting point, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just about being with what is there, Um so often what i'll do well i like to bring in humor a little bit because it's a deep powerful sacred experience but if you know something silly comes to mind i will definitely be sharing that (laughs) or allowing myself to be a goof because we're you know it's there's you can't get it wrong Mm -hmm. you know and if you think that you're getting it wrong how does that dance Mm -hmm. you feel like you run out of want to run out of the room how would you dance in response to that (laughs) you know um so i really try to emphasize the practice of accepting what we are feeling and moving with that. Um, You know, we start with a meditation where I speak to all of that. We'll start with some intentions. If people want have something they want to devote their dance journey to, I'll invite people to sit with that and breathe into that for a few moments. You know, if we've been doing plants and dance rose ceremonies, so we'll have rose tea and people will be anointed with rose. And, you know, we'll be talking about the spirit of the rose and how, you know, the benefits of that plant and the plant spirit and we start with really slow movement you know sometimes i'll offer some yoga sometimes i'll do a group body talk session depending on how much time we have and you know we start with maybe just moving the hands or tuning into areas of the body that are calling out for your intention and just breathing into them bringing mm-hmm. your hands to that area you know we do a deep meditation bringing up Inviting earth energy into the body, and turning sky energy into the body, and you know, just really slowly moving with what is, taking t- time. The music is slowly getting faster. After a nice warm up, sometimes I invite people to move to different places in the space. Um, you know, going through the d- different body parts that may want to be moved in different ways. Um, so I may bring awareness to different body parts to support. To support that, shaking is a big piece. We'll have—I'll have a whole track just for shaking. um There's a you know retreat in Bali where you shake all day long.
0: Oh, wow! Can
2: you imagine?
0: No, no.
2: But <laughs> you want to get rid of rigidity?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like shaking. So you know when we shake, we're shaking off almost like a encased a, encased rigidity, right? Like a. Skin, so I did yeah. some. I did some shaking this morning and. Just like shaking off, shaking the jaw. It's like shaking the mind a little bit because we can get on these tracks, you know? <laughs> just shaking it up.
1: It, it's funny because sometimes if I'm doing a, a video or, or something to post to social media and I feel myself being like too robotic or monotonous, I literally shake. And I don't know how this is going to show up on video or audio, but it's kind of just like... And it's like get, yeah. getting loose. That's um, it. Yeah, and, and it works.
2: It works. The animals do it,
0: and, and that's you know? the, that's the shake phrase right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The universal shake phrase.
2: <laughs> that is really it. But uh, you know, and, and toddlers are like this too, right? They know oh, how to yeah. shake and move emotion through their body. They just <laughs>
0: yeah. you're in good company, Andrew. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. No, they do. Yeah, and I remember you talking about that on, on a thing you wrote about uh, watching toddlers. They they instinctively know how to move.
2: Totally. And they move their emotions. Everyone's sitting in the wake of their tantrum and they're just like ready for the next thing. You know, they've cleared it. They've expressed it. They've sounded it out. They've moved it through their entire body. And this is kind of a, you know, an opportunity to remember that toddler wisdom. Childlike
0: spirit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A full expression. Gently.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I like how you said with whatever arises, dance with it. Uh, um, yes. th- that reminded me so much of a, of an author that we mutually love. Um, and Andrew is beginning to love because I talk about her all the time, but Pema Chodron, yes. um, her phrase of relaxing into it, yes. you know, whatever is happening, I, I like anger, anxiety, you know, rage, fear, um, self-consciousness, jealousy. I mean, a million more relax into it. We're taught as a society to like, you know, escape it, run from it, neutralize it, get away, you know, um, make it disappear. But, but here, you know, you're saying actually, no, no dance with that feeling because that feeling leads to the truth ultimately, right? It leads totally. to those knots where we can begin to say, okay, here's why I keep getting caught up in the same, you know, storyline or feeling because, because the knots aren't, aren't loosened yet. And how do we get loose? How do we loosen them through dance and movement? Totally. Yeah. You know,
2: and there's so many w- different ways that people choose to do that, and dance is just such an awesome, yeah, an awesome option. Totally. You know, and I find bringing the plant energy is really in really interesting because each of the plant spirits have such a different quality, and so they bring in the supportive energy to highlight or nourish different aspects of our different aspects of ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, like a, you know the rose thorn, for example, teaches us about the quality of no. Mm. Teaches us the, about the power of sharp, pointed focus. Right. So then we can blossom into our yes. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need to have a sharp no, so we can say yes to ourselves. You know, if we don't say no to what's not aligned for for us, yeah. mm-hmm. we have to say no to others sometimes, so we can say yes to ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And avoid aphids. <laughs> Pardon.
0: <laughs> and avoid aphids. <laughs> <laughs> What is the aphid in that analogy? <laughs> Who are the aphids?
2: Uh, I'm saying no. aphids. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I I wonder if this could be a good opportunity to to kind of jump back in time a little bit, Christy, and and hear uh, how you became involved with this type of healing work and with with natural medicine, and and was it um, from a sense of wanting to just be a teacher or, or did you first encounter it as as a student who was who was looking to perhaps repair your own traumas or or um, find a a different way of of overcoming your own obstacles or or challenges
2: Mm. well I started with studying massage therapy in Manitoba and that really connected me to you know the relationship with the body so starting with that and then moving into learning Reiki, moving into yoga, teacher training, um, uh, Jin Shin Do, hot stone massage, Hawaiian Lomi Lomi massage, um, and body talk. Um, yeah.
0: Is body talk what it sounds like?
2: Well, but yeah, it's basically about, well, when, You know, when we're doing body talk, we're looking at different aspects of the psyche and, you know, energetic field that are fragmented. Right. And through body talk, we bring them into communication. You know, the body mind system is based on communication. And when there's fragmentation in the communication, we're not functioning optimally. So it's based on quantum physics and applied kinesiology. And it's actually quite incredible. It definitely revolutionized my practice. Mm. You know, I realized that for the last 20 years doing massage and with yoga and dance, it's all been about supporting people to connect to their body wisdom. And what Body Talk supported was um, inviting a bit more translation into why these symptoms were showing up. What is the message of the soul that's being brought forward through this symptom? Because when symptoms arise, they're asking for our attention. Why are they there? Mm
0: hmm. So, so much deeper than just looking in the mirror and being like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I don't think that's That's what not body saying. talk, no. is it? No. That's <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> your own version, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay.
1: Maybe there's symptoms showing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, when so, you... there's a
2: lot more to your question that I didn't answer, but anyway.
1: Totally. And uh, we're still going to get to that. But yeah. it just, you mentioned quantum physics, and it, it's an area that I think is is deeply fascinating. Um, but I also have very little understanding of, and, and I feel like it's that's something for Stephen Hawking um, and not me. But if you were to <laughs> if you were to explain quantum physics to a five year old,
2: oh uh, gosh, three year old, three year old,
0: just pretend <laughs> me and Andrew are that, yeah, because oh, okay, we kind of are okay. when it comes to, to three
2: year old. <laughs> okay, uh, it's the proof that magic is real.
1: Mm, All right, I
0: love that definition. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, perfect, nailed it. Okay. <laughs> um that's all that's all we need um so great if if we can if we can jump back into the other part of the question about your own discovery into it what um was there a part of you that was was seeking out healing um and and brought you into the this realm um and if so what what part might that have been
2: hmm Well, initially, I started doing massage therapy as, you know, I feel like I need to choose a career path. So that was initially it, you know, and I found that my traumas in my life generally came forward in my older in in my adult life, I grew up in a a really supported, well loved place, thank goodness, my gosh. Um, But, you know, culture steps in with its conditioning. And, you know, I think about the self-deprecation that I def- started to engage in, especially as a teenager, you know, in regards to my appearance, in regards to my, my body, just as, you know, women and men all over the planet, you know, we're injected with this under this, you're not good enough buy our product sort of thing. You know, it's a trillion dollar industry a year for sure. Peace, And it's only actually in the last couple of years where I've started to unwind that, you know, um, and all of this healing work supported that process of essentially, uh, disengaging from that level of conditioning. And through having, you know, through having a son in a, t- and then having a toxic relationship with my son's father, you know, this healing work helped me immensely. Um, you know, in the last few years we through my son going through really challenging teen times um, through you know, through uh, deaths, grieving deaths, all of this work has helped immensely working with plants, dance, Uh, receiving body work huge you know to get through these dark nights of the soul you know often I would forget my tools because I would freeze and that's what happens when we freeze right we forget our tools Um, but thankfully I'm surrounded by people who can remind me about what I forgot and so when I created I created an online journey called rewilding from within and you dance through the chakras I actually made a list of things you can do when you're freaking out to put on the fridge because I forgot myself. So I essentially made it for myself. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to put that in the course because Mm -hmm. we all forget just to breathe fully or just to go outside, you know, in those moments when we are freezing.
0: So, so Chrissy, I, I just thought of maybe trying this, um, maybe you could take us back to one of those dark nights of the soul And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're, you're going back in your mind now and you're seeing yourself. In that situation, or, or yeah. night or night, um, yeah. and you've you don't have your tools, you've forgotten them, as you said. Maybe mm. you could describe um, the environment, um, mm-hmm. what was happening, and then perhaps you can share those things on the fridge that you would say to yourself.
2: Mm. <clears throat> well, it's kind of they're all kind of flowing into one right now. Um, it's basically me in my pajamas on the kitchen floor weeping you know either something had happened with with my son or you know we my cousin passed my really close friend died animals dying it was a really close period where a lot there was a lot of death and my son was going through a big challenge um so I did a lot of crying on the floor in my pajamas when everyone was asleep and I felt like I was in a dark hole mm-hmm. and uh So what I I mean, The just I would open so deeply into the grief. I just let myself open so fully uh, because I knew that the more fully that I opened, the less I was going to carry with me in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after those deep cries, you know, then I would, you know, go and do the child pose. Or I would take my rose medicine. I had this combination of rose, hawthorn, and motherwort for the heart. And that really got me through some really challenging times. So those plants where I'd go outside and I would listen to the sounds of nature. Fortunately, I live in a place where I can't hear traffic and I could just listen, you know, the river. I just listened to the wind and I found that really nourishing as well. And then I would go through some of the practices, the shaking or feeling the weight of my body being supported by the ground allowing myself to experience the feeling of being held by this loving energy. Yeah. That's a little bit of that.
0: Yeah. I, I love, I love how you opened yourself up to the, to the grief. It almost sounds like you, you are able to dance with it. That's the, it. In the moment, right. Which is such a, you don't feel like dancing when you're hurting like, like that. So I wonder how, what that practically is like.
2: So you know, and i I mean, I've even found myself open to grief in dance, like around other people mm. dancing as people do um and it's it's dance not about fun, it's about moving again with what is. Mm. How does grief dance right, you know. Grief often dances with the shoulders coming forward and the you know there's this kind of movement with grief. So it's just like following with the body, listening to the sensations of the body and following that innate instinct, which I feel in our modern culture we've been disconnected. Yeah. You know, we cut off our we've cut off been cut off at the neck. We just have our heads drag our, that drag our body around in control. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's all of this information when we can feel the sensations in our body. And due to trauma, you know, we the disconnection um, deepens. Mm-hmm. It takes time and patience to really be able to feel. Because once we start to open up to feel, it's like, oh no, there's a, It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's painful. Yeah. And but- how do we dance with deep pain? You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When the yeah.
2: soul when the soul is shuddering, you know, right. from from fragmenting experiences. Um
0: yeah, um, Pema talks about never underestimate the body's um desire to run from pain.
2: Totally. She
0: says you just never underestimate just that's our first our first we spin out or we first run away, we turn away, you know, distract, right? But to sit with it, that takes real courage. <laughs>
2: It does. Yeah, that's, that's and so much gent, Totally. And so much gentleness with ourselves, you know, and even gentleness for ourselves when we know we're running away or we're not, or, you know, I, you know, I've been right now I can feel there's unprocessed grief in my lungs and I recognize that I'm looking away from it, but I know that I'm going to get to it
3: mm-hmm.
2: by using my tools and continuing to show up, but I can feel it in my chest. I can feel myself not breathing fully. And I know that's from grief that I haven't fully processed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and while it may be easier or a quick fix to to ignore or to um, to cover up or um, you know put a put a bandaid on it or distract ourselves, it if if we do actually want to get that healing, we have to do that hard work. I mean, it, it's those repressed thoughts and emotions don't go away until we go through that arduous process of of hand, handling them of dealing with them so um yeah it, it is it is worth it um that all of that work and that energy and and that um bringing forth the the trauma but it's it's you know it as you talked about it's somewhere in your body and it's probably doing harm um maybe unconsciously and without um taking that step it, it's it's not going anywhere
2: so totally I mean, at the same time, there's this innate intelligence at work where maybe we're not meant to process it all at once in that first moment, you know, it's like, maybe the body's going to hold it for a point place where we feel a bit more safe, you know, and we're in this, it's interesting because I'm we're in this lockdown phase and this is the longest I've gone without giving sessions. You know, we had an Airbnb that's done. So I, I'm not working in my businesses mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's all this space and like, oh, there's the grief. It's wanting to come now because there's space, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and so, you know, sometimes we obviously need help or we need someone to witness or a counselor, a professional person can help us navigate through those, through those things, you know.
0: You know, Chrissy, we we have this expression. As you know, I I you know with with uh, with my connection with Jason and and even Mayan, who even spent some time working for me. <laughs> we do we work outside and and we do some work on lawns. And one of the expressions we use with people um, when weeds come up in their lawns is we always say, "Don't shoot the messenger." Um, totally. And, and we're we're meaning that literally, like you know, stop with the Roundup and the killex. But also, we're yeah. meaning like. These these weeds are actually messages from, from the earth telling you what your soil is lacking. And exactly. and, and the reason for me sharing that um is not self-promotion, but to, to talk about what <laughs> Andrew's like, always oh, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> com, But um it's it's the messages in our body, the pains in our body. Let's not shoot those messages those messengers with um tylenol and advil and 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 tums and all these things but 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 these are messages our bodies are trying to tell us and if we shoot them down then we're not going to get to sort of sort of soil level or soul level i guess
2: soil the soil soul the soul soil yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly one and and, um and and so that it it kind of made me think of that um how um if we don't listen to the message they're going to keep popping up right and, and um and then even pro- get more prolific and, and totally. so so doing that doing that tough work of sitting with that grief maybe that's that's what that means eradicating those those things that have grown in that don't belong and and making our soil more fertile i can continue with this metaphor all day long i think, I think it's <laughs> great we got <laughs>
2: I really like that one Yeah, you know it's like I even find it with dandelions just how my relationship to dandelion has changed yeah. in the, the last few years it's like well the dandelions are here to help us with our livers right and yeah. we're just killing them with liver toxic toxic chemicals
0: yeah that's so ironic yeah that's true <laughs> yeah Yeah. very true
2: that's another that's a side point but that, yeah.
0: that is but yeah yeah,
1: I, it is one of the places that I, I thought this conversation could go and, and could be really insightful is um, in terms of what we have the potential to learn from nature, especially in these moments. in, in we're still um, in the grips of COVID-19. Uh, it's the end of April um, of 2020 right now as we're recording this. And it's, it's very much still um, present in our lives, even if maybe some of the fears have subsided a little bit, at least in this part of the world that we're in. Um, But what, what do you think, what opportunities are out there to, to learn from nature in, in our current situation?
2: Mm. What opportunities, you know, it's really just, it's just really being with nature. I feel like is the opportunity. Yeah. You know, Uh, I find using my, all my senses, listening, seeing just, you know, paying attention to the subtle imagery, you know, in the leaf structure, in the leaf structure, in the flowers, just use, you know, smelling, tasting the air. Um, I feel like using the five senses is the opportunity. And there's many ways to um, go out and experience nature, but I find just being with nature to be so beautiful. Um, I know I was listening to an Aboriginal uh, Australian grandmother speak I can't remember her name but she was talking about this whole uh, experience with COVID and from their lineage and their grandmothers they're saying that these song lines have ended and a new song lines beginning and she's inviting people to lay on the ground with their navels on the earth like literally plug your navel back into the mother
0: interesting yeah
2: plug your and she's saying sing and hum yourself forward into this new world that's her that's what she was sharing I thought that was so beautiful Mm
0: mm-hmm that is i love that image
1: yeah and a really cool thing about nature and and mother nature as we often refer to her as is she's so forgiving yeah like we we have made such a horrific impact on nature in the last couple hundred years especially since industrial revolution and 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 had a really negative impact and and poisoned it and um you know cut down trees and and all of that in in the spirit of um our own growing civilization but now, in the last couple of months, as our impact has decreased a little bit, nature kind of has like reflourished and our our air is cleaner, um, our our water is cleaner. They can see fish in running through the canals in Venice for the first time in decades. And it's, fish
0: it, do run, folks. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, so to speak. <laughs> they also climb ladders, um, but. W- Nature is almost saying, "Like I'm still here. Yeah. Like come, come, embrace me. Like experience me. Um, it, now, now is the time. It, it's it's a, a beautiful um, it's it's a gift that nature offers to us that um that that we can um receive more gently, probably.
0: Well, and it's so I'm totally so funny that you said that, Andrew. It's beautiful um summary there of of how nature has been almost positively affected, but. Um, nature was, I I felt like before COVID nature was in a grieving state because of our Mm. environment. Um, in fact, all that was on the news before this was, was a little 16 year old, you know, who was going around the world, you know, trying to just get people to realize that we're, we're, you know, destroying the planet. And so it's in this grief state. And, and, and then you shared earlier, Christy, about how grief is in the lungs And then all of a sudden we have a disease that comes out that like affects the lungs. And it just, you know, I, I, I'm really not making a point with this. I'm just kind of connecting these, these visuals in my mind. And I'm like, it's like nature was grieving. And then it's like, now we're participating in that grief. And as we find healing, you know, the air is getting, you know, easier to breathe. I don't know. That's, I'm just kind of more reflecting off the top of my head, but it's just an interesting idea how, how those things are perhaps connected. Yeah.
2: yeah it's really fascinating yeah and I mean nature I mean her bountiful generosity is just unending
3: absolutely yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah and there's so many stories with this COVID you know I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes and uh, have a really nice tinfoil hat when I do that and <laughs> i you know um, yeah. you know listen to a lot of really amazing intelligent scientists doctors and also indigenous elders And I just keep coming back to, okay, I'm going to be in the present. I'm going to, you know, support others where I can. And it feels like a, it feels like a a huge initiation for humanity. Yeah. And I know how Charles Eisenstein has said, you know, an initiate when an initiation, you don't know what you're going to look like on the other side. So there's there can be fear. Mm -hmm. We're going through something, and we don't know what we're going to look like on the other side fortunately i feel like i've been pre-initiated for this so i feel like i can be the eye of a storm right now but i recognize a lot of people are you know really in deep suffering and pain and fear fear of death fear of you know this economical collapse i mean it was terrifying when i couldn't work you know Mm -hmm. here in canada there's some support for not being able to work but what's going to come then how do we dance with the unknown
0: i was just going to ask that yeah yeah
2: how can we become friends with the unknown you know, it feels like I—I I just keep. You know, when we talk about trust, it's not like we can just say, "Oh, I trust now. I trust in the unknown." That's great, but we don't always trust in the unknown. You know, we life changes, we get information. I feel like I—it's a for me, trust is a practice. Mm-hmm. It's a continuous co- cultivation and a recommitment on a daily basis to trust, even mm-hmm. when it makes no sense. And that's what was coming when I had a m- multiple deaths and my son in some challenging times, the message was trust, even when it makes no sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, in an age of Google, we don't like the unknown <laughs> at, <laughs> all, at all. Right. right? Um, we're, we're not con- yeah, we're, um, you know, our species lived with the unknown, you know, daily, but we we've, you know, in our modern culture, we've gotten away from that. So we're very uncomfortable with it. So it's yeah. getting comfortable again with the unknown. Um, totally and and like you said that daily habit right you're not just going to all of a sudden be comfortable with it and and so what are some daily practices maybe that we can do to become more comfortable with the unknown uh, i would ask
2: that's a great question you know i find um sometimes it's in those moments when i'm receiving information that makes me go into fear like for example this morning um, my husband jason was listening about food shortages yeah that are coming uh and okay how can i trust right now i mean i don't want to trust in a way that's a spiritual bypass (laughs) i want to um keep feeling like all of the emotions like how can i trust even when i'm angry how can i trust even when i'm fearful can i trust my fear anyway that's I don't know where I'm going
0: now. No, no, I I, lo- <laughs> I, 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 was following it actually, even though you didn't know where you're going. So it must've been, must've been going somewhere special <laughs> or, or you're both lost. now. <laughs> or we're bo- or both just good at being lost. Um, but, but no, like, like, you know, you're, you're saying like trusting in the midst of the fear, like, because oftentimes it's like our, our first gut feeling is like, get rid of the fear, get rid of the anger. And then I'll trust,
2: totally. but, but
0: you're like, how can we make room for both? Exactly. Is what I kind of heard you getting at.
2: Yeah. You know, I was actually up in the night churning a bit with some information I had found out recently, you know, within all of this COVID, within one of the rabbit holes I went down and uh, I was witnessing a lot of fear. But then I also, you know, which I don't always have access to when I'm in fear, I could hear a voice saying, you're just digesting information. It's going to shift. Mm -hmm. So there was like this trust in the back knowing okay this is i'm I'm fearing something my body's digesting information it will lighten i'll digest the nutrients i'll release the toxins and i'll move through love that and i did yeah
0: Hmm. love it
1: cool um i wonder you you talked a couple minutes ago about the initiation and and of people's um you know you you have a bit of a head start but a lot of people are are in a bit of an initiation process and and an, another question that I, that I had, which I think is linked to that, is if somebody is a little bit unfamiliar with um, the kind of teaching that, that you do or, or um, natural healing um, and, and all of those sorts of modalities, where do you think would be a good place for them to begin and, and start that process of initiation in a time when, when that might be what, what many of us are, are really lacking?
2: Yeah. Mm, that's a great question. I mean, people are at, at home. So there's and you know, parks are closed. So there's, you know, there's limitations around that. But you know, what can we do in our home in our bedroom, you know, we can sit, we can feel the weight of our body on the ground. you know, just awareness of the earth. You know, listening to the sounds in the space, looking around the room, coming into the present. I feel like that's all it. It's just about coming into the present and acknowledging how we feel, becoming present with what's real for us. I feel like that's that's what it is, you know, Uh, because in an initiation, it's a series of fluid moments. So come into this one Mm -hmm. because this one matters. Right. And this is the one we're in. And this is where the initiation is happening right here in our bodies so it's about listening to the body what does the body need maybe a bath or you know i'm really i guess i'm just referring to nurturing ourselves caring gently for ourselves stepping away from the self-deprecation or those um you know some of that conditioning and really looking at actions that help us to cultivate self-love like making a meal for ourselves or just allowing sunlight to come through the window onto our, onto the face and receiving the light. It's like bringing it back down into small incremental steps that are easy to access. That's what I feel now.
0: Hmm. Well, and, and the way to Simplifying. do that is yeah, the way to do all that is to dance with whatever you were feeling. So dancing in self-isolation, dancing totally. if, if we're at home, dancing, if we can't go to the park, wherever we are. And I think all three of us um, have been, you know, we can we can all share experiences of when we've allowed ourselves to dance in the moment how the opposite happens we think if we feel the fear or if we feel the grief or the anger that it's going to overwhelm us and overtake us you know and we're going to experience some form of death in that moment but what we discover is it actually leaves because it's Mm -hmm. processed and so it's just like for, for the listeners and the viewers just if you can just like christy said trust yourself in that moment yeah. trust yourself that you know our natural system knows what to do with those emotions and allow it to happen then we can come out the other end more healed and stronger and, and more courageous and that's probably courage is is allowing that process mm. so yeah uh,
2: cultivating courage yeah you know and i feel like trust and courage they really dance together to alchemize fear oh yeah you know? that's
0: a great phrase yeah mm-hmm. absolutely
1: yeah brilliant um Maybe as a way, because this, uh, our, our time is, is limited, sadly, yep. at least for this conversation, but I'm, I'm curious uh, as a way of maybe starting to bring this to a bit of a close. Um, what are you focused on, on learning now? You do a lot of teaching, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of your, your own process of growth and, and learning, what, what are you now focusing on?
2: You know, what's really exciting for me right now is, um, uh, I'm going down the witch path and I'm tuning, tuning into what's been going, you know, what's been lost over generations, you know, back in the indigenous uh, European ancestry. And I'm, I'm returning to that information, um, the gifts in that I'm actually learning tarot as well, um, which is such an incredible uh, each one, you know, each card is such an op- a doorway into the psyche. And, you know, I mean, the cards essentially, they're just concentrated energy that reflect the self back to the self in a translatable way. And I'm really, am, it's just incredible to learn, to learn more about the cards. I mean, I've been learning, working with oracle cards for about 20 years, but now working with the tarot, there's just so, so much opening. Uh, they just keep opening and opening and opening. So yeah,
1: can we hear m- more about the witch path? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, I, I actually did a year of um, four different weekends with Serafina Capranos on Salt Spring. She's incredible. Where we did, um, you know, different rituals of magic, and um, but really, it's all magic aligned in love and well-being and betterment for the world. You know, and you know, the magic that I'm working with is again concentrating energy for the betterment and health of all. Uh, working with plants, plant energy, plant energies. Um, yeah, tuning into a different sort of ritual that um, highlights and emphasizes that which is most, most beneficial.
0: You know, it almost sounds like the, the real magic is it's, you know, we're, we're conditioned to think magic is something like otherworldly, but it's almost like more in touch with, with the world. You know, it's, it's, it's it's more just, it's not something outside of our experience, um, or something that, well, we're magic's not real or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's like getting in touch with that, that realness or the essence of it is what it sounds like you're saying. And and, also, yeah. and even the name witch, I mean, unfortunately, you know, a, lo- a lot of people listening might even be like, well, that's, that's a loaded negative word, right? They associate it's so it, loaded. Like you say witch and it's, it's like everybody, you know, movies come in, everything from like the Wizard of Oz, you know, to like modern movies that that's, it's always a bad thing. So how do you get yeah. away from the, well, why is that first of all? Like, is that just a historical thing or?
2: Well, I think it's historical for sure. There was a ginormous movement to kill kill people who are connected to nature. Right. You know, look at the, I mean, the colonialist movement around the world. Right. Was all based on, let's, it's like, kill everybody who's connected to Mother Earth, the rising feminine energy, right? It was all about, you know, the top-down masculine spirit energy and anything that had the feminine rising energy, nope, squish it, kill it. Right. It's got to go. But now there's a revolution coming where this rising feminine energy is coming up to meet this masculine energy coming down. Because, we, you know, back in the day, there was matrilineal focus and there's patrilineal focus. The revolution now is feminine and masculine working together. I don't well, even know if I answered your question. No, I
0: love the working together instead of it overtaking. Yeah. Because sometimes we go to the other extreme, right? And you hear the other extremes of it, but the connection and the equality.
1: Yeah.
2: What was your What was your question? I don't even know.
1: Oh, we just wanted to hear more about the witch. Yeah, stuff. we're just
0: saying. Oh, the witch path. <laughs> the witch can be can be a loaded term, right? Yeah. And, and we're just, yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't
2: go around calling myself a witch, but I'm 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 exploring the the witch path, you know, and exploring that it's it's about exploring the magic of nature inside yes. of us and outside of us, exploring the gifts that we've been given from source creator God goddess, you know. Um. Yeah. These gifts that we've been given from nature, and going deeper with that, going deeper and outside of the the limited conditioning, the limited the limited logical box, mm-hmm. and opening up to that which resides beyond words.
0: Yeah, love it.
2: And you know, I think synchronicity is a big part of that. Like, I find my life is so heavily laden with magic, synchronistic magic, that I don't even know how I would explain that to someone else who only sees logic. I don't know. I think that also relates to left and right brain thinking.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If someone's, you know, whichever they're more dominant in, if they have the capacity to conceptualize magic or yeah. Creativity. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just going down my own rabbit hole here. No, that's okay. (laughs) I,
1: the one image that really spoke to me and, and, um, and maybe this can kind of be the, the final question as we wrap up here, but you mentioned that the rising feminine energy and the and the um the masculine energy from above kind of crushing down um and but also there's there's it's not just like positive and negative per se but um what happens when those two energies meet
2: um okay well so from my personal experience when those two energies meet in an aligned way with equality um In my body i you know for example say if i'm bringing the earth and sky energy into my heart center it's like this you it's like this you know union of polarizing complementary interdependent forces that um ignite something that's bigger than the sum of their parts yeah so when i feel that in my body for example i feel energy racing to the core of the earth up into the sky and like swirling around my body like dancing light almost like i feel like my soul is activated um that's my personal experience
0: like an explosion of love yeah
2: yes uh, it's uh, like it's like mother you know like yeah. mother it's like mo- it's it's the divine union
1: yeah yeah
2: which all life is created of for sure. from hmm.
1: yeah let's go more of that divine union i love that yeah too. okay well i think that's a that's a goal for me at least that's something to work towards more divine union and synergy uh, I think we could all get a little bit more of that in our lives, right? and, and maybe maybe now is is the greatest opportunity for that to take place.
3: Well,
0: and we talk totally. about, we talk about balance all the time on the podcast. I mean, this is really the ultimate balance <laughs> that That's we it. that we need to strive for, right? That's
2: it. And you know, you know, Andrew, you mentioned the word work, and it's almost like we could take the word work out of it and just allow that which is inherent in our deep core self. Hmm. That's inherently who we are. Right. You know, Absolutely. maybe the work, maybe the work involved is involved in like excavating the the layers that aren't in alignment with that.
1: Yeah, getting because getting, once
2: we relax into that, like that's our true essence. Yeah, that's what we're made from.
1: Getting out of the way and moving, uh, yeah. r- recognizing our our biases and and uh, and letting them go.
2: Totally, and loving ourselves. You know, loving those parts of us that are biased, that are you know, loving those pieces that rise up that are so hard to face, holding that part of us, cradling that part of us that's scared, that's judgmental, that's, you know, not in alignment with that true essence. How can we love that part too? Just hold that, it's like holding that inner child, you know, instead of going, ugh, ugh, like discarding that aspect of self to the corner. It's like, I'm bringing you in. I'm bringing that part of myself that's scared. I'm bringing my inner bitch in. I'm going to cradle that part. (laughs) because that's not my true self but that's a part that's really showing up that just wants to be held and witnessed and you know i'm just going to integrate you know it's like composting that that stuff uh-huh. instead of discarding it and making it separate I you like know it.
0: yeah mm. i love it composting yes cool you got me on composting <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had
0: a feeling. Getting that black gold,
2: <laughs> speaking, rainbow gold. You're yeah.
0: speaking to John's soul soil now.
2: No. Yeah, soul soil. It's hard to say soul soil. That's
0: probably why we haven't put those words together very often. I love it. But yeah, till now. Yeah. Well, thanks
1: so much for this, Christy. This um, is awesome. This, yeah, went in a lot of different directions, but um, so much wisdom in, in each one of them. And and thank you for uh, bringing us alongside part of your journey today
2: thank you so much it's been such a pleasure to speak with you both
1: definitely thanks a lot yeah. yeah thank you and that's the episode thanks for listening everybody if you'd like to continue the conversation
0: you can find us at all the usual places opticalcoursepodcast.com. we're very active on social media Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast and speaking of Facebook we have a great new growing community called the Obstacle Course community that you can join dialogue with Andrew and I and your fellow listeners about the previous week's episode and any obstacles you're dealing with
1: and we do appreciate reviews, whether it's on iTunes, Google, Facebook, whatever. It helps people find the podcast. And
0: it's nothing to do with our fragile egos. Well, uh, you know, we just like to hear back from great people just like yourselves.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep pushing through those obstacles.